Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. Hello out there, all you wrestling maniacs, all you nostalgia holics, all you hardcore members of the IWC, and all you casual fans who like your pro wrestling on the TV. Welcome to the WrestleManiacs podcast. My name is Alex Ketchman. As always, I am joined by the man with the plan, producer Bob Wick. Bob, how you doing? We're staying in today, baby. Indeed we are, Bobby, going nowhere, doing absolutely nothing but watching wrestling. And the captain of Keeping It Real, Jake Russell. Jake, how you doing? What up, though? Everybody, stay your monkey ass home. Yeah. A true message from the captain of Keeping It Real. Guys, it is good to talk to you once again. Staying at home is driving me crazy because I still have to work, but I can't go anywhere and have any fun. Uh... I just feel not too great, but I do feel great about our guest today. The lovely, talented Patty Gould is with us. Hi. It's so nice to be on. Yes, clap for me. Stay inside and clap for me. Stay inside and watch. That's where the audio, that's when the audio clip of an applause. Please. Get to insert some applause there. Yeah. Listen, I'm not we'll going outside. I'm not getting um I'm not getting the attention I need, so please give it to me here. <laughs> we will do our best, Patty. Uh, what if that's the thing that saves us all? Like everybody stays inside, it quarantines himself just for the sole purpose of applauding Patty. Like if that's, <laughs> that's if what that's- I need. Listen. <laughs> Make me your god. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else is accomplished by this, by God, we'll make Patty a digital god. Please. No, I'm excited to be on. I uh, love wrestling. I stopped watching wrestling in the past couple years, uh, but I love it. When did you start watching wrestling, Patty? I mean, I watched it with my younger, or my older brother when I was younger. My brother is like nine years older than me. So like in the 90s, we would watch it together. And then I got like really into it uh, in my early 20s. Just like, something about me is that like when I find something mildly interesting, I need to research all aspects of it. And I become like obsessed with knowing everything. And so that's what happened with wrestling. I was like, I need to know everything about this. I need to know the history of it. I need to watch every single mask match, match ever. Um, and yeah, so like in my early, early mid twenties, I got like super into it. Who was your favorite? <sighs> well, okay. Old school or new school? Both. Both. You can do subcategories. Yeah. Okay. I love Seth Rollins. He is such a babe. Uh, <laughs> he is so Bad. He's like such a good heel. <laughs> He's like so such a bad. Such a bad boy. Such like a sex pot. And uh, I think one of my favorite wrestling moments ever is when he um, did Money in the Bank when he stole it. Um, 
wow, amazing. And then old school, probably, uh, probably Nash. I like, I like, I like Big that. Big sexy. All right. I, I see a theme here. I see a theme yeah. here. Uh, I also like Sting. Stings are really good. Um, you like Crow Sting or like like Buzz Ted Blonde Surfer Sting? Blonde, blonde. Oh my god! Again, sex pun. <laughs> I only re- I only watch wrestling for the attractive men and women. <laughs> That's hilarious. This is gonna okay. be fun, man. Oh man. Uh, this is going to be a fun conversation. So <laughs> I, I'm really impressed that you chose Blonde Surfer Sting. Like, that's oh, just... the best. Hey, you know, that, that's that's how I always think of him, too. Like, the Crow Sting was literally, like, almost a ripoff of the Crow. So, I mean, he was cool, but, eh. I think that the way that all ended was so shitty that, like, yes. if you weren't a huge fan of it while it was happening, it's hard to, like, love it you know like it's fun it was fun definitely a good storyline but like i don't know the match with like him and uh, uh, yeah him and hogan i almost said the hulk <laughs> him and hogan just like ruined it so uh, yeah that was the uh, most anticipated pay-per-view probably in wrestling history other than like wrestlemania one or three what the star what the star k 97 yeah star k 97 they had they built that that was a that was a year a year long program they did with sting and it maybe over a year and they just fucked it up like how could yeah mm. Uh, it, it makes me it sad to think about it because right? Bret Hart was involved and it just ruined ruined Bret Hart, ruined Sting, ruined everything. Mm. Makes me drink whiskey. I have a PBR, <laughs> so cheers. Cheers to that. I don't have any liquor. Oh, no. Well, the, the Hilton Market I, on Nine Mile delivers. I haven't, I haven't had any liquor in a month. Oh, wow. Was I the last person to give you liquor? It might have been you. I don't know. It might have been. It might have been Katie. It might have been Jasmine. It might have been Josh. Might have been somebody else. (laughs) Wow, shout out to the Go Comedy Bar staff. (laughs) Yeah, the entire Go Comedy Bar staff just got named there, so. Yeah. Once we were able to go back outside, what's your whistle with one of those people? Uh, so, yeah. All right. Uh, so, Patty, um, I'm, I, 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 Bob, you got any like, old school wrestling? I, I, I want to know about, more about your fandom because I don't meet many like fun women who are fans, like old school fans especially. Like, if I ask them if they like Surfer Sting or Crow Sting, they'd be like, I don't know those songs by the police. <laughs> hmm so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, so my ex-husband and I used to watch it a lot together. And um, especially when the network was kind of released, uh, we like, that's all we would do. We'd get like Thai takeout and we would just watch it. And he would like tell me everything about it. I got really into watching um, that, like, it's like a four-part documentary, the, the Monday Night Wars. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And so like, wait, wait a second. You get tie takeout and then watch wrestling. That sounds like an yeah. ideal marriage. What the fuck? I know why did it end. Um, what the fuck? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I have an ex-wife who did not watch. I watched the exact same thing and did the exact same thing you did, but she did not watch it with me or want to watch it. And I'm pretty no, sure. No, we were, like, really, like, we would, like, like, we would watch it, like, before bed. Like, we were, like, really, really into it. And um, that was probably the strongest our marriage ever was is when we were super into wrestling. Um, but, yeah, like, I got a book on it, and I just – became like super into just read even like before like WWF uh, at the time but just like learning about like the territories and um how wrestling was like way back then way wait wait I haven't talked to anyone in fucking a month uh way back when <laughs> I feel you feel you before the McMahon's like it's just it's really interesting and I think that like it's important I'm just going to say that the greatest, like, actual heel of wrestling are the McMahons, for sure. But also they made it sports entertainment and anyone could watch it. It wasn't, like, a secret thing anymore. No, yeah, you're spot on with that. And, like, I I completely agree that the McMahon family has become so powerful – and then coincidentally at the same time making themselves like great characters as villains it's fitting they're like the lex luthers of the wrestling world but the industry itself like i'm i'm with you on that like i'm fascinated by just like the the industry like and how it's changed and how one man literally like was in the forerunner of a, so many different things including this network deal that now everybody else does um except for yeah. AEW but they're new they don't have enough stuff for yet well you take something like the curtain call, which at the time was such a slap in the face to basically everything they were raised to believe as performers, right? And now it's something they talk about freely all the time on the network. Like it, it, they, they actually celebrate it as in like, hey, this is where, where we were. You know, we were the first guys to do this, you know? Yeah. Hey, Faye, you know, like they, they – I don't think there would have been like a Ms. and Mrs. or that that what's it the diva one the the show the oh, totally diva Bella one that one yeah I, I don't think they would ever do that because it's too much behind the curtain you know like they use their real names and they you know uh, heels and baby faces go out on vacation together and stuff like that there was a time when who was it like uh, Ric Flair got into that that plane crash with uh, I think it was Harvey Reese. And they're they're feuding at the time. So Johnny Valentine and, and yeah, it was one of the Valentine brothers. It was uh, Ric Flair, yeah, and a few guys. And there was two guys who were in a feud in that in that plane crash. Um, and one of them, who could actually walk away from it, literally crawled his crawled out of the plane and walked away because he didn't want to be seen with the other guy. That's insane. I didn't know that. That's insane. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, they changed the face of it to make it more of an entertainment deal, and it, it had been said in the past, like in papers and things, because of this, because of that uh, mafia gimmick where every state has this supposed sports, um, what a sports authority where they test everybody and they have and they, and they have to get their pay cut if it's a sport. So the McMahon's are the first ones to say, "This is not a sport. This is like this. This is a show." We yeah. don't want to pay you any, any kind of fee because you're just taking money for doing absolutely fucking nothing. Right, right. Do you think um, that do you think that without the curtain call, without them exposing 
um, kayfabe and without them or breaking kayfabe. Do you think that if they continued down the the road of like, oh no, like this is our real persona, like this is who we re- really are? Do you think that could have like kept up in like 2020, or do you think that no matter what, it had to like break? I think it was already broken. Um, yeah. I, I agree. It, the, the internet especially kind of like really helped out with that, but it, um, they had already admitted it. it. It was really after that, it, after Bret Hart went to WCW, it was like the moment that they officially said it was the Attitude Era and they changed everything is when Vincent Mann opened up the show with a black eye that Bret Hart gave him and said, you know what, we're changing everything. It's no longer about good guys and bad guys. We're doing real personalities characters of gray yeah etc cetera, etc cetera, where he just basically laid out everything that was i for me at least as a fan that was like the big moment when they're no longer even you know quasi pretending that this is like a real thing yeah the announcers would do during the show of course it would unlike recently you know when they would we're here to put smiles on faces and they would say that every freaking week you don't see like Walking Dead just stop halfway through the show and be like, hey guys, just want you to know this is entertainment. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying it's entertainment. it. Entertainment. Hope you're getting those scares. You know, they didn't do yeah. that. So, I would actually love it if Walking Dead had like commentaries like that during it. Like, <laughs> like when Rick pulled oh, himself on Rick's that piece of cast iron, he just said, stop. He just stopped. Hope you're enjoying this. And then just laid back down to die. Yeah, that'd be. Oh, yeah. Imagine like Hereditary, that movie, like halfway through them being like, "This is all a joke. <laughs> it's not real." Right. I actually could have used that right after they showed the sisters' head. Oh yeah, it felt that movie felt <laughs> it was like, like a quick intermission. Like shit's getting real, <laughs> but it's for fun, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh so. We what match did we watch? So we we talked about it, and I I thought it would be fitting if we all watched individually the very first WWF WWE empty arena match from 1999. Uh, it was at halftime during the Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl uh, 32, I want to say. But 1999, uh, January 31st, The Rock versus Mankind for the WWF title. And may I just add that this was one of the best Super Bowls and Sundays for me in my entire life because I was a Denver Broncos fan since it, like, for forever. And they won their first championship that day. And in between their ass whooping of the, Denver, of the Green Bay Packers, I got to watch wrestling. And it oh, was my fan. God. So it was the best day ever for you. It yeah, was that's the awesome. best day ever. This is the so best right. halftime show ever. Oh, yeah. It really was. I said it. I said it. I said it. Yep. Better, better than, than Beyonce? Be- Hell yeah, it's better than Beyonce's. I, Beyonce's I, a close two. Beyonce Beyonce's a close two. Match, it would have been perfect. Be- Can Beyonce's, a nu- Beyonce's number two. If she'd have been the special like- guest referee for this match, my head might have exploded. <laughs> you said if Beyonce was? <laughs> If she was a special guest referee for the Rock versus Mankind empty arena. Well, she couldn't because she was still a Destiny Child. So that means all the Destiny Child would have to be That's referees. True. But they could have used three referees. I they were all over that. What's going on? 
bad. They were very bad boys in this. They were being very rude. I just want to say the rock, like, this is like this is like my favorite rock, like just vicious rock, just beating his ass. You know what I'm oh, saying? So good. Like like he kind of lost that, like as he like as he became more of a face, he kind of lost that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like I want him to see that viciousness come out like when he was a face, like fighting Triple H and like that whole McMahon Hemsley uh era and shit. Like I wanted to see that come out more. So he kind of like lost that. Like he lost that a little bit as a face. So I kind of that's why this is my favorite rock. Like like this is and this is, and I think this is everybody. A lot of people like this rock. Like this is like when he this helped to became a face. Just how Yeah, this is the peak of his yeah. his run, right? Like yeah. this is like the highlight of his bad guy run. Um, yeah, like this. Yeah, this is the peak of this is the peak of his bad guy run, not his initial run, but yeah, like this is like the rock people remember too. You exactly. know, yeah, this, like, this yeah, is, this is like the rock, like, the most iconic okay. image in like ninety or like early two thousands wrestling, right? Is like rock looking like this. Well, I mean, other than Ric Flair, I don't really consider anybody as I don't like other than Ric Flair, no one talks as well as The Rock does. You know what I'm saying? Like no one cuts a promo like The Rock. Like you know, Stone Stone Cold is up there too. But we talked about it before. Like Stone Cold is kind of like a great improviser partner where he would come up and he'll take everything like his uh, opponent brought out and use it against them. He's awesome at that. You know, and so is like The Miz. But The Rock, he's about generating material this whole time and as we talk about this match you'll see points where it's a rock talking which is as interesting as the action so you have a very cool visual element and you have a really cool audio element and actually mick foley's really great at that as well like he he added to it but like as far as the talking in his match the rock is crushing and this i mean the last couple weeks we've been seeing raws and 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 smackdowns were it's all empty arena, and it they can't hold a, a candle to this match. Oh my god, man! No, it's terrible. It's terrible. All this stuff. Ugh. This is this match is amazing. Oh my god, fuck! I think I just busted nut just now. Dog, this match is this is good. Nick this view. Is good. This is a good view. <laughs> I mean, if no. you did, it's okay. We we accept it for who you are, but uh... yeah, no, but. It was crazy. Like, yeah, Rock, he's saying, he's talking all type of shit during this match. It's hilarious. Like, there was one point where he, like, he picked up a squash, and he was like, the Rock doesn't even know what this is, and he just smacked him with it. <laughs> and, <laughs> it, yeah, this, that, that brings me to a good point here. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll backtrack, but I still want to bring this up. Like, how, I want to get your guys' opinion before we even get started. In this era of this empty arena thing, one of the best things that I thought about this match was the commentary. It was one commentator and it was Vince McMahon and he was one sided. He was in the McMahon character. So he was obviously for the rock. Uh, but he did a hell of a job adding to this whole thing. Like, cause he was, he, he, he know he knows the story he wants to tell because it's his show at the same time though playing the character and still telling that story. And then whenever the rock would say something or the mankind would, or mankind would do something, he would just jump right in with like, yeah. he is like, 
you know, too much salt. He's a salty WWF champion. You know? <laughs> and it was just, it was, it was fucking priceless. I would love to hear Vince McMahon do a line game. Oh, God. And things you never hear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, and, and, and if you ever had me as an improv teacher, I hate questions because, you know, like they don't progress uh, the scene. But Vince has a way of mastering how to add, ask like the good questions. Like, what kind of match is this? Have you ever seen something like this before? Like, he is leading you. Like, if he was a prosecutor, he's leading the witness. He, he's, he's, he's taking you through the story. So that's like, to, I totally agree. Like, he's a great commentary guy during this entire match because what when they're not talking he is and he is connecting a to b the entire time i loved the um the phone when he was like <laughs> you know that was an, i don't hotel you know that was an actual <laughs> phone call to the stadium staff that, 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 start from the beginning. that staff was actual stadium staff that was a that was a legitimate office and they had no idea this was happening it's so funny. Imagine trying to call in sick. Yeah. Somebody was actually calling that manager trying to do something, and The Rock answered the phone, and just and I guess the guy thought it was a prank call and called back, and The Rock answered again. Like, that was a I, legitimate business phone call that The Rock picked up. That's so funny. That's oh, guys, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's break it down. Let's start from the beginning, go all the way through. Let's just do the beats. Yeah. All right. So set the scene here a little bit. Um this is Bobby's usual usual thing, but I'll take over. We got The Rock, who is the corporate champion, backed by Vince McMahon himself, the man he wants to be the champion, to be the face of the company, taking on a man he has betrayed and abused in mankind. Um, they've had a rivalry since The Rock won the title at the tournament in Survivor Series where McMahon betrayed mankind. And they've traded the title a couple times. But now they're having a title match during the halftime of the Super Bowl with nobody else there except for The Rock, Vince, and Mankind. No holds barred, falls count anywhere. Can Mankind upset the corporation? Well, we'll find out. That's basically the premise. And we go into it, and they are... Mick, Mick, Mick Foley looks like he does. He's looks, and I love the mankind character at this point because it was basically, um, I don't know. He, he, it was this character went through so many evolutions from where it was this disturbed person till you get the, and then you get the background story, and then you get all the different levels and layers of and alternate personalities of the guy who plays mankind to eventually where he's wearing a piece of clothing re related to every single character he's ever played and all, all these disturbances. So it, it, it was, I love this mankind character, but he's taking on the rock. We get started in the ring and the chaos ensues from there. Uh, Jake, do you, uh, Jake or Bob or Patty, do you have anything that from the very beginning, what, what stuck out to you guys? Um, so I was never like a super like mankind fan at all. Um, I never like really got that character. Uh, not, too, not, <laughs> not, not, not sexy enough. Not sexy enough. Um, I mean, it was a cute character, but it just never like <laughs> attached to me. 
you. You wanted to be the sexy character. I would never fuck mankind. Uh, sorry, my dog really wants attention. Um, I would, yeah. So I like never really, but honestly, the same with The Rock. Like The Rock is fine, uh, but I never. And Rock is really sexy, but I never like attached to it. Um, and so this match, when you guys said this is what we we're going to be watching, I was like, mm. but right off the like gate, it was just so good. Like, so good. And the way that, I mean, just some, like, st- like a, a no hold bar matches, uh, I don't love either because they're too violent. <laughs> I don't like, like, super violent stuff. Like, I like play, and so, like, I like wrestling, but I don't like when, you know, we're, like, breaking TVs overheads and stuff. So I definitely didn't think I was going to like this. Uh but like they started off and they were just they're such good actors that it like didn't take me two seconds to get into it so that's my jumbled up take no, that's perfect that's i mean yeah they sucked you right in right i, I was the yeah. same way watching this the other night like that immediately i was taken back to like the moment it happened like i could feel the tension between the two guys they both did a great job of portraying that they hated each other mm-hmm. right Yes, and see, that's the thing, like, because so many matches now are so, like, lackluster with it. It's like, I don't believe this. I don't believe you, Miz. <laughs> I don't believe anything you do. Um, and so, uh, just, like, the tension was real high, and they, like, waited a while to, like, make it crazy, which I really liked, because... I feel a lot of times it gets crazy, like immediate. Right it's just like so. Uh, I had an improv teacher once that said, uh, "If you make a big joke off the top, where are you gonna go from there?" And that's how I feel with um, wrestling matches. No, you're spot on, Patty. Like, I think I, I completely agree with like that. The psychology of wrestling is you build to a certain moment. You're telling a story throughout the match, whatever it may be. And by the idea of telling a story is if the guy is smaller and the guy is bigger, well, maybe he's a little faster. So maybe he's using his quickness. And maybe he's trying to hurt the big guy's leg so he can't stand back up. And if he can't stand up, then he's not the bigger guy anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of – so there's always, like, a story in the match. And this story was of these two guys just letting it all fly. And they're, and they're so pent up that they can't have anybody around them because it's going to get violent. And it's gonna get it's gonna go everywhere and there's gonna be just let let it all go. And yeah. it's gonna be for the title, which is really rare. So yeah, I agree with you completely. I think they did a great job leading into this. Uh, Bob and Jake, I just want to get your opinion real quick. When when this match first started, uh, there's anything that just kind of stuck out to you that, that you liked or just how much now. like just how much you can hear stuff, like certain things you can't hear when there's a when there is a uh, people in the audience. Shit like that, like actually hearing bodies hit the floor, hit the metal, hit the, the you know what I'm saying? It just, it just, everything like, it just, it all felt different. It felt a little more interesting. It felt a little more like connected to the wrestlers. Like, like they really like fucking each other up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's no, one no, thing no, I, no, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I completely agree too. So here's the thing like, when you do an improv scene, first thing you do is establish a norm. 
and they did that very well by they, they even going into the match everything's established you know the location you know who the characters are who they are to each other um what you even know what like the conflict is uh so going up to into that mankind did a great job just vocalizing like his characters want like i'm going to i'm going to I'm going to defeat you, Rock. I'm going to take that belt. I'm going to do this. This is what. This is the only thing I want. And then when when the Rock joins him, you know, it, it felt real because a, you know who the characters are. They know you know their conflict. We also get like the why in in this because McMahon is helping out with that, uh, with the narrative of uh, why do these two guys need this thing so much. So it makes it a little more interesting. Like you're involved, like wrestling storytelling and they're telling this great story without the help of like uh, the crowd, which is interesting because if you think about movies, like uh, you take a movie, you take out the the sound or you take out like the, the, the musical accompaniment and everything, the score, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. The score, uh, you get a lot of lackluster things and that's what we're getting currently this is perfectly filmed because like you said like even every every element to the visual and the audio and the characters all work together so well to get you involved and make you feel like this thing is important and we should watch so it draws you in because there's something that matters to this person and when something matters to someone even if you don't care about it it kind of like you feel you 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 relate to that and that's what they want to be, relatable and interesting. And they're crushing that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I completely agree. They, they crushed it. They, everyone understood exactly what this was about. And it was hatred between two people, or, well, I guess one man who had been betrayed by Vincent Mann and like, everything that Vincent Mann liked, he wanted to take away. And the, most, the best way he could hurt Vincent Mann was by winning that championship and therefore being the face of his company when Vincent Mann hated him. Uh, much is the same way Stone Cold was doing, would, would do it the same, like around the same era. But this was a little bit different. It was the guy who made his outfit in his own basement versus the guy who is a, you know, uh, all American college athlete. You know, yeah. they want to make posters of him. Vincent yeah. Mann, you know, Vincent Mann's going to magazine covers and everything. Mankind is not that. Math. <laughs> No. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing. Like, wrestling ap- appeals to mass crowds, people with different economic and social and political views. Like, all enjoy wrestling because you know. It, it, again, they tell great stories that we all can relate to. <laughs> That's broad, uh, but yeah, but it's true. Um, and what they did really well here is they do that uh, Beauty and the Beast. You know, it's it's the the Hunchback in Notre Dame is Beauty and the Beast. It, it, they do it now with uh, my man, the tag team guy who wants to hook up with the really beautiful girl. Yeah, uh, part, of he- part of Heavy Machinery. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, um, even, like, uh, oh, God, uh, Miss Elizabeth and the Animal. Like, uh, what's his name? Sorry, I had a couple. George of- Animal Steel, Miss Elizabeth, yeah. Yeah, so, like, this is something that appeals to mass audiences. Like, this is... But this one's really subtle, so I think that's really incredible how they threw that down, you know? You know it annoys McMahon, A, because he's losing power, and B, 
of all the wrestlers currently on the roster, this is the last guy he would pick. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Like what? A, what a one-two punch. Yeah, and I the. And I just want to add as a side note before we continue on into the match, um, is a little note of realism. Vince McMahon had rejected Mick Foley's request for any open position for years, years and years and years. And when Jim Ross came in, was the head of talent, he was a big fan of Mick Foley and the Cactus Jack character, et cetera, et cetera. And as a lot of people know that he, he really pushed for him. And Vincent Mann finally said, fine, bring him in, but put a mask on him. And I don't want to see his face basically. And I, I'm, I'm a, it, it was, it, it is exactly that. It's basically what would you hear a lot of times in the newer era where everything's out in the open and everything's on the internet, that the face of the company, who's going to be the face of the company mm-hmm. This was the original version of that. Like when there was this guy who was very good versus the guy who was in, laying in the basement, you know, like pl- talking to cockroaches in his sock. And who do you want to be your champion? And that was kind of like, this is kind of like laid the groundwork for a lot of like the story they do now about this is our, this is our champion. This is the face of the company, which is a, which is a term that often associated with the title. Anywho, Back to now, back to the match. We start off in the ring, and then we get outside the ring, Patty, and we start going through the audience area, where the audience would be. Of course, there's nobody yeah. there. The um, stairs. The stairs, the the hallways, and then it, I, can I – would you guys mind if I just picked it up back at catering? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, my yeah, God. That, that, to me, like, that is my favorite bit. The Rock tasting everything and yes, commenting everything. <laughs> so before they get knocked into the catering room again, I just want to reiterate. You know, and years later, like Mick Foley and The Rock would talk about interviews. Like nobody else from the the staff was told that they would be going through these rooms, and and all of the stadium staff had no idea this would be happening. Uh, they're battling up and down the hallways. And Mankind grabs a giant bag of popcorn and hits the rock and knocks him into a cafeteria area. And then, all right, yeah, Jake, I know you got something to say. I mean. Well, it was fucking good. It was hilarious. It was beating beating each other ass. Like, in the the, uh, catering, um, I thought it was especially hilarious that uh, mankind's hitting him with a bag of popcorn. He's selling it. The Rock's selling it. Like out of all the things, could have grabbed, could have grabbed trays, could have grabbed everything. This motherfucker grabbed a big ass bag of popcorn <laughs> to beat his ass with. All like- you could have took, you could have took any of those dinner places, like like hit him with those, but he grabbed the popcorn. Like he like, it's funny. Like because you hear Vince like okay, like because like he left like mankind. He left the uh, camera view for a second. And Vince is like, where's he going? Where's he going? And then he comes back and like he's like, you wonder what he's gonna do when he has popcorn. <laughs> but, but Vince says, What is that? What is that about? <laughs> what is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what is that? popcorn goes everywhere. Yeah. My favorite part was when the rock picks up a piece of popcorn 
after he, the tables turn, you know, he kicks mankind in the stomach or something. Mankind falls down. Rock picks up one of the kernels of popcorn and eats it and says, it needs more salt and then kicks mankind directly in the face. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I liked when he, um, when mankind grabbed the, um, oh my God, what is it called? Candy floss. What the, is candy, it? the cotton candy? Cotton candy. And uh, Vince McMahon goes, those are five dollars a piece. Who's gonna pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Like it's it's, it's that man, like man, that man, like man. literally leads us into the catering room, and you see the entire like camera staff like stand up from like, yeah. their tables. They they had already had a they they had set, they had planned this out really well with the camera staff. Um, at least at the cameraman who'd be working the match. So it goes directly to a camera on the other side of the room. And like, you see like all of like the ring workers and everybody else just like stand up real quick. Like, holy shit, what the hell is happening? And then they get to like the, the buffet table. Uh, Bobby, Bobby, I, I'd like you to take us to this buffet table. Uh, uh, great buffet. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> damn. Um, <laughs> My favorite part, they uh, he when the Rock throws salsa into mankind's eyes, and mankind hits the ground. Like, okay, this man has been through hell in a cell. He, <laughs> but a little salsa like blinds him, and, and <laughs> the Rock. But you hear mankind say, oh. "It burns, <laughs> it burns, uh, it burns." Which is something I also like about the mankind character. It can be like the most violent character or the most comedic character. That character has fucking range, right? Like it's so, it's such a great tool to have in your tool, like in, in your storytelling because it can do it all. And this, and that's why like these are the two best characters to do an empty arena match. Yeah. True. You weren't missing the crowd at all. I mean, really for most of it, there is no crowd. Because you can't really have a I, I felt like watching this. I felt perfect. They were doing the right amount of trash talk and storytelling during the match. Like, they were in character, but they were telling you what's happening to them. Right? Yeah. Like, man, can't say, it burns, it burns. You know, and then, like, the rock, well, I think, I think Bobby mentioned this, that the rock comes over and like picks a piece of bread up and then like touches man. Why touch mankind's face? Not the tray of it, but regardless, he touched mankind's face and eats it and says, it's not even spicy, you son of a bitch. And then like <laughs> kicks him in the face again. <laughs> yeah, he gets, he gets mad at him because it's not spicy. Like, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny, dog. Like, like I said earlier, like he picked up the squash. The rock doesn't even know what this is. <laughs> he smacks yes. it with it. Like he's and just. Then, I just love Vince. He goes, eh, obviously the, the champ there is taking a, a very prestigious squash and throwing. You know? <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Guys, guys, we pass over the best part. The best oh, part. Sorry. Oh my. We Wasako. We, we screwed up. Give me a second. Uh, there's a part before catering that they're in that, that, that kitchen area and the rock grabs a bottle of liquor uh, oh, oh, the Jack. Oh, the Jack. Like, uh, Jack Daniels. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what he says. Like, so, like, Jack Daniels. 
here to stay. Take my partner or uh, my my uh, opponent away. It takes a sip, spits it out, and <laughs> big man's like, "That's the first time the, ro- the liquor's ever touched the rock's lips." <laughs> Pure corporate champion. <laughs> we also forgot. Shit, you never tried. <laughs> We also forgot when uh he he threw Mr. Sacco in the oven. That was pretty funny. Oh, God, oh my God! I, I I completely forgot. Oh. And then he, he puts um mankind's head in the oven. And the sound effect, the sizzling sound yeah. effect. Oh yay! Yeah. Uh, that it honestly sounded like someone went sizzle. <laughs> it was like it was like um you know when. Uh, company when restaurants have like fajitas and in the commercial they'll like show the fajitas walking by like that's yeah. the sound effect. they ripped off the chili's fajita plate soundtrack yeah right. and they would and it the best part is like they did it like too early so the when, when the rock grabs the handle it goes sizzle 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 and he opens it up and it stops and then he grabs the sock and throws it in and goes sizzle 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 and he closes it, and then Mankind has to open it back up to save his sock puppet friend. It goes sizzle, sizzle, sizzle again, but he gets burned, you know. So he, it was, it, ah. Yeah. So funny. Okay. It Alex, was fantastic. I'll tell you what, it was Alex, fantastic. I'll tell you what, the fully work was bullshit. Alex, I'll tell you what, the fully work was bullshit. But I'll tell you what, Mankind, every time he touched that oven or went around that, acted as if it was like, ah. And it hot, like sizzling hot, and will burn you to the touch. So, man, he was selling the fuck out of it. Yeah, no, no, I know. I enjoyed it. Like, I, I, I wish the rock had been like shaking his hand, like it. Ah, that shit was hot. But you know, worth burning the sock. You know, you know how hard it is to burn a rock. Impossible. (laughs) Unless you're in a volcano. I also liked how. Unless I also like how you rock was. Talking shit to Earl Hebner throughout the whole match, like telling him know his role, like know your role, count, you count, or whatever. That was um, I just like this whole thing, man. Like, yeah, throw your ass up, referee, get over here, follow the rock, yeah. watch him whoop this ass. You know, we miss, we missed the kitchen part, but that which was criminal. However, they fight their way out of the the cafeteria, and then they hit like the staircase hallway. Bob, you want to take it from here? Okay, so they go to the outer arena, like that area, you know, where you would have vendors and stuff like that. Uh, then they get to the seats, and the rock hits mankind, and mankind takes probably the most amazing stairroll I've ever seen. Oh God! And and, and, and imagine this, like he's t- like, if you watch it, like he is hitting chairs on the way down. He is going for it. He is rolling down this narrow path that every stair is just cement and everything that is borderlining the the stairway is plastic, hard plastic, and he's taking bumps all the way down. And it looks fucking fantastic. It's amazing. Probably yeah. one of my favorite parts. Like other like that's not comedic. Like this is a great fucking spot. And and that that makes me another good point. Like these both these guys were very good at being funny but being real and mankind was often the most real when he would do something that even if they even like the most hardcore wrestling fan would be like jesus christ that 
there's no way that was fake. You know, there's no way you can fake that. Like this rolled on the staircase. Like, no, that that's a that's a three hundred pound man just throwing his body down the staircase. It's concrete and all. I mean, like, there's no faking that. And I I, I think they timed those moments in this match perfectly because it, they would you know lighten it up and then bring it back. Like, and now now that you're done laughing, remember this is fucking serious. And that was like this is a fucking serious moment. Yeah, I like it was funny, but I never felt like oh, this is just like a joke match because they would like bring it back and like have very like intense moments of just like ouch, ouchie. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I would love to hear man. I would love for you to meet man Mick Foley one day. And be like I was watching you mention, I thought ouchie. You know, I just want to take that clip and just play that audio over it. I just want to like, yeah, yeah, take that clip, send it to me. I want to put it on Mick Foley's Twitter. Like, what are your responses to this fan's response of your matches? Ouchie, ouch. I feel the same. (laughs) You know what? He might show up to Patty's house at Santa Claus. So He was supposed to be here on April 7th until everything hit the fan. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Uh, um, then after the staircase bump, we, we're in the loading dock and we're nearing the end here. They're, you know, using everything at their disposal. The man, a mankind has lost a boot early on in this, which credit to him without falling down and slipping a lot. Like he was only, he was, he was one shoed half this match. He takes off his, his sock that he's had on the entire time and, be, and makes it the new Mr. Sacco. And applies his finishing hold, the mandible claw, the mist of the Sako claw, and lays the rock prone, paralyzed, beneath a forklift full of kegs of beer. Which, for a guy who works around forklifts, <laughs> I, I appreciated this because they are very dangerous, and you do one where you know if that were to happen to you, it would crush you and. All the all this I'm thinking about all the safety things Ford maybe watch. Uh but then again, as a guy who edits videos, I know how to this was done and it's cute. I like how Jake is personally giving us like the rock uh pallet 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 cam, I guess. You know, the as the pallet comes down upon the rock, it yeah. shows him on the ground like saying, No, no, no. Jake's giving us that look from the rock right now, but yeah, I know I like it. Right. Oh. Mm-hmm. Jacob, what is this sexy pose? Yeah, take a screenshot. That should be your new profile pic. It's a lazy pose. <laughs> All right. No, no, whatever. Shit. No, 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 yeah. Bob, actually when I was a kid, I watched this and like remember it kind of like thinking like the last the last shot of the rock as he screams, as the thing comes down upon him, it's like, ah, oh, that's kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, I had loved the match so much, I was okay with it. However, no, I, now as a I, professional, I, I've seen videos, like literal safety videos, where they said what a forklift can actually do, and watching that guy climb out on the wrong side while a dude is yeah. laying spread eagle in front of one, yep, was terrifying. Because yeah. it had just like crushed his bones. Like these are like thousand pound compact. Machines that were just, ooh, ooh, god damn. Yeah, literally, I, I think I watched a snuff film that was a training video. 
But a really great ending to a very fast, like, honestly, the perfect ending to an amazing match because it took care of everybody. Like, how was he going to kick out of that? You know, everybody's taken care of during this match. It was no, an amazing match. So, Patty, how did you think the rock getting pinned by a pallet was? Was it like... Did you did you like the pot rock getting pinned by a pallet of kegs of beer and mankind sitting on top? Yeah. Hell yeah, you did. Thank you. I've never been more turned down. Except with seeing Jacob right now in this pose. I know. I, oh, I sorry. Good man. Sorry, to- guys. Uh, sorry, I'm too, sorry, I'm too sexy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, my fa- the the ending was perfect in the story because it allowed mankind to hold the belt just above Rock's face mm-hmm. and and basically yeah. bring it home. Like, I have done, I have taken what you covet the most. I am the champion. Yeah. However long that would last, we'll talk about that later. But this was yeah. the best empty arena match I've ever seen. How about you, Bob? No, I, I really, I, I saw, I kind of saw it coming uh, because we've seen this kind of thing before. Uh, I'm thinking about the Macho Man. I can't remember. Like, uh, oh, uh, Crusher, when you tie him up, like when you do that arena stuff, like you try to try to fa- figure out how can the the arena help you win. And I thought it was a really cool ending, and it it was filmed well, and I enjoyed the story. Jake? I like it. Ten out of ten. Would watch again. Oh, we got Patty's opinion. Hell yeah, ten out of ten. I'm with you. I'm with you, Patty. One hundred ten percent. Jake, before we before we close this up, what do you got to say about the match? Oh man, it's just the Attitude Era is best. This is why Attitude Era is the best era. Uh, it's a great match. This is the greatest halftime show of all time. Sorry, Beyonce fans. Beyonce is a close second, though. Very close second for the culture. I'm going to say this. For the culture, I'll give it to Beyonce. But for, like, for a wrestling fan, this is it. This is real shit. This is it. This is the best fucking halftime show ever in my book. Nothing will ever top this. Nothing. Agreed. I cannot argue that, except for the fact that Beyonce is going to be second in my book. No offense to Beyonce fans, but... Mankind Rock, best halftime show ever. Patty, I cannot thank you enough for joining us. Jake, thank Bob. you so much, Patty. Yeah. Love you guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, stay safe. Stay inside. And until next time, I'm Alex. Catch him. Bob Wick. Jake Russell. And Patty Gould. <laughs> and we will be going for the leg. Inside. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast, a podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time.